Let's stand this morning, everyone.
uh, doing this morning? Are you ready to worship the Lord? Are you ready, already praising the worship of the Lord? Do you have his presence inside of you this morning? You don't understand how much of the presence of God is in, in this place, and he's inside of you this morning. We have a lot of reasons to praise and worship him. The song next song we're going to sing is called 10,000 Reasons. We have more than 10,000 reasons to praise and worship him, but we have at least 10,000 reasons we can praise and worship the Lord for all that he's done in your life. Has he done some great things in your life this morning? Come on, you got a lot to praise and worship about. Come on, give him praise, give him worship, give him glory. Sing along, sing with me. I want y'all to sing this song along. I want you to sing with everything you've got this morning, all right? I don't want to sing a solo. I want to, I want to sing, a, I want the choir, choir to sing and, the and people in heaven to be singing with us. Amen? Y'all want to do that? Let's do that this morning. Come on, let's sing out this morning. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship Your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing with the evening comes. Come on, sing it out, church. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. great and your heart is kind for all your goodness I will keep on singing think about it church 10,000 10,000 reasons for my heart to find come on sing it out bless the Lord of my soul bless the
draws near and my time has come still my soul will sing your praise
your church to life. We speak to the tribals. We speak to the tribals. Come alive. Come alive in hell. Right now we say. love on him a while. Just love on him a while. Thank you for his amazing grace. Thank you for that mercy and that grace that is never ending. That sought you out when you were hiding, when you were lost, where you thought you couldn't be found. Just thank you for the amazing grace. 
causes your voice to arise before you. That's forgiven, made right, made you right with God, made you right with life. The amazing grace of God, we praise you for it, Father. We glorify you for it. We thank you for your amazing grace today. And it's in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Would you turn to the person next to you and welcome them this morning? Just welcome them. I'm so glad that you're here. Oh, hallelujah. Pleasing to the Father. Oh, hallelujah. Good to see you this morning, Word of Grace. Hallelujah. Hey, let's see how many people wear their camo today. St everybody camo, stand up. Everybody camo, let's see ya. Yeah. Let's give them all a big hand and welcome them today. Yeah. Man, y'all look so good, I couldn't even see you with camo. I thought the church was half empty. Hallelujah. We're glad that you're here. We bless you in Jesus' name. Also, we got a special moment. I want uh, Sister Janelle, if you and those would come up, we're ready to raffle off this rifle. Thank you for your contributions. Let's give Sister Janelle, she's a big hand for the Royal Rangers. Come on up here, guys. So how do you want to do this? You want to say something? Can we, huh? You don't want to say nothing? Why not? Everybody did a good job raffling off the tickets. We want to thank everybody uh, for uh, helping and giving towards the missionettes. Yeah? Okay. All right. Well, here's the rifle right here. Show them how that thing opens, bro. Look at that. Don't point it towards the people. Don't point it towards the people. We're, we're on the Internet. We're on the Internet. We're, we're, we're going to get our commander here in the gun safety course with us next time we do it. <laughs> No, but there's our rifle, and so we're ready to go. You ready to go? You pull on, you read it. You pull on, you read it. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Father, let my name. <laughs> R-U-S-S-E-I-L-C-O-B-B. -S -S Heavenly Father. Okay. Lord, please. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You read it. Karen Chevalier? Well, I think that's cheating. Isn't that your grandmother? <laughs> that's your grandmother. Oh, man. Is that who that is? That's a... Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Stay right there, stay right there. Does it end with 6-1, her phone number? You picked your grandmother's phone number. Wow. Well, I don't know where Sister Karen is today, but Sister Karen, you got, you got a gun, girl. There's your gun, and you, you picked it for her. Hold that for you so she can have a souvenir. And uh, we appreciate everybody's con contributions and everything that you gave and blessing the missionettes and the Royal Rangers. Uh, but she can only pick it up after we do uh, a background check on her. <laughs> 
because, you know, you never know about Sister Karen, you know. So anyway, anyway, we congratulate you. Thank everybody for all they did. Thank you, young guys, for your help. Good job. Good job. I forgive you, even though you didn't pick my name. Good job. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Man, how you like that? You never know what happens. Praise God. Well, I know, I now know we're going to have a shotgun wedding because she's believing God for her husband. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good morning, Word of Grace. Hey, where else can you go to church, have camo Sunday, raffle off a rifle, and tell a woman she's going to get hitched? We're glad you're here this morning. Want to announce our fourth, and we're so thankful. Run for the sun. Thank Brother Jody, Sister Lanisa for serving and helping, organizing, and getting people so involved. It's to come and to run, to walk, to crawl, to do whatever you can to make it. And uh, it's contributions, and it's to raise up money for the um, building project. And we like businesses to sponsor. We want to recognize you and everything. So we always have a great time. We want to encourage you about uh, checking with them on that and being a part of that. It's always an awesome time. Thursdays at 6 o'clock is restoration class with Sister Linda. I don't know if they're back from vacation. I don't see them right now. But uh, they will be here for this Thursday. Also, we are needing volunteers Wednesday night for Missionettes and Royal Rangers. You can see Sister Rosalind about that if you're interested. We appreciate you helping and serving and uh, just investing into our young people. And also the Fall Fest and Christmas play. Uh, there's things to do there, so we have a sign-up sheet in the foyer. And please, if you're visiting us for the first time, uh, we don't raffle off a gun every week, but uh, we want you to sign the papers out in front of you. We want to be able to give you a call, get in touch with you, uh, touch base with you, uh, pray with you. So please sign those papers for us, and uh, we can get in touch with you, and we welcome you here today. You know, as I was reading the devotion for today, it goes together with David and Isaiah. just goes together where in Psalm 69 it says, You, Lord, know the insults I endure. Anybody ever been insulted? You know... You may be here today, but sometimes there's people that come here and they go, uh, I don't even know if I'm allowed in here. I don't even know if somebody who looks like me, tattooed like me, pierced like me, situation I'm going through, I don't know if somebody like me are allowed here. Jesus says, such is the kingdom of God. Amen. And religion's not about assaulting you. Religion, the true religion is about saving you. Helping you, rescuing, accepting you, believing in you, and pointing you the way to salvation, which is Jesus Christ. Lord, you know the insults I endure, the humiliation and the disgrace. He knows it all. And you know all what they have said. Their insults have broken my heart, and I'm in despair. Their insults and the things they said, it was so unneeded, and it hurt me to the core. Maybe some of you can identify with that. And then you go, well, how can Jesus identify with what I feel? It's amazing. Today it says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3, talking about Jesus 300 years before it happened. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with bitterness, grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way when he went by. He was despised and we didn't care. Yet it was for our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment for God for his own sins. But he was wounded and crushed for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. And he was whipped and stripped so that we could be made whole. Aren't you thankful that we have a Savior who can identify with your broken heart? 
that even the place where you're despairing and in a place of agony and desperation and you don't know what to do, we have a Savior that loves you and a Savior who has experienced things firsthand so that he can identify with you. And the Bible says he's before the throne of God praying and interceding for you. So I want you to know you are not alone in your struggle. As we were worshiping God, I know there was people here you were crying. I know you were weeping, some out of joy, some out of your deepest pain. He identified with your pain. He came to be born as a person, as a man, to experience what you're experiencing. He went through it all, but even worse, because he loves you. He didn't only die for you because he loved you. He wanted to experience what you experience so he can be your present help in time of need. So accept it by, by those stripes that you're healed of whatever wounds, physical, mental, spiritual, whatever it may be, that you be healed today in Jesus' name. I want to ask the ushers, if you come forward, we're going to receive this morning's offerings tithe. We have some more worship and praise. We love you. Thank you for being here. We're worshiping God together. We love you. God bless. Amen.
you just remember us in prayer after this service we, we immediately have a funeral so we have to be going to that so I'll see if I can get y'all out of here in an hour is that a do hello so anyway y'all be praying for us and I'll get you out of here as soon as I can but you know we've been talking and this will be the last time next week I'm gonna start something else but I've been talking about how to hear from God how many know it's so important to hear from God because God our father is a God of communication He's, he's into relationships. How many of you know from the very beginning he showed us he's a God of relationship? He's a God who you, he wants you to know his voice. He wants to be able to feel his presence. He wants to be able to lead. He wants to be able to guide you in areas of your life. doesn't want you just living a life wondering, trying to figure out things and how am I going to get this together and how am I going to get direction to go or find the flow that I'm supposed to be in. But he's a God who wants a relationship with you. That's why when we give the invitation, it's to, for him to be your personal Lord and Savior, that he's with you at all times and he'd never leave you and forsake you. And today, because it's Camo Sunday and I've been talking about the voice behind the noise, how many of you know that it may sound like a duck? But would you guys stand up and I want you to see for yourself, it may sound like a duck, but it's not a duck. Huh? It may sound like a duck. But it's not a duck. Thank you, Brother Paul, Brother Jeffrey. Appreciate that. Anyway, I just wanted to make a point. How many know that not everything you see, everything you hear is what it's, it represents itself to be, presents itself to be? And many times even the devil came in and he co he'll come in as an angel lighter in camouflage. Not everything looks like it is. And that sounded just like a duck, but they weren't ducks. Not long ago, well, in fact, last week, my wife and I were in a line. There was a bunch of bodybuilders. And there was this one lady we saw from far, and she started coming, and she was in a miniskirt. She was about six foot tall. Brother Dave, would you come and help me out a minute? I want Brother David to help me. And Brother David is a man. <laughs> you get that microphone. But I want to show you what happened. Come on up here, bro. Is that mic on? Yeah, it's on. Okay. Then it's not. Now it is. Give, make sure you give them some volume. So anyway, before we do anything, here we are. We're standing here, and we see this lady. She's in a mini skirt and uh, uh, spaghetti strap dress, and she's got, she looks like Arnold in a mini skirt. And she's walking around. I call it the pistol hold. She's walking around like this, and we see her from far. She comes, and she stands by us, and she's standing in front of us, and she says, I'm hungry. And uh, so I see this blonde, but she sounds like, Say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> Say again. I'm hungry. I just grabbed my wife and put it in front between us and said, here, you can have her. <laughs> and then she said, uh, we need a taxi. A taxi. We need a taxi. And I thought, man, she could have mine. 
Brother David, he, this is our superintendent of Sunday school, and I just want him to help us and make a point here that this woman, if she got close, you could tell she's been picking beard hairs out of her chin. There were holes there. She sounded like he just did. And the only thing I could think of, I want to start singing Aerosmith's song, The Dude Looks Like a Lady. <laughs> the Dude Looks Like a Lady. But, I mean, how many know that's scary? She looked like a woman, but I don't know to this day if she was a woman. I wasn't going to find out. But let's give Brother David a big hand. Let's give Brother David a big hand. Just like you heard what you thought were ducks, but they weren't necessarily ducks. And when that lady came up there, she sounded like Brother David. And I appreciate you helping me there, brother. That was scary. Well, the enemy could come in like an angel of light. And it may present itself one way, but it could end up being a totally other way because he comes in camouflaged. In the Garden of Eden, it was Satan that was camouflaged as another type of animal. In the different areas that we read about in the Word of God... We find that the enemy comes in camouflage so you can't see him. And he wants to blend in with the surroundings to try and make us fall. And he tries to make us fall in different areas. And in Timothy 4.1 here, I want you to see. But the Holy Spirit explicitly and unmistakably declares that in the latter times, some will turn away from the faith. They'll give up on the right way. Paying attention instead to deceitful and seductive spirits and doctrines of devils. That the, the, the pagan people, the, the occults will come in and it'll sound so much like the church that you'll think, well, we all belong to the same body. We all belong to, to that faith. But how many know Hinduism and Buddhism is not Christianity? But yet sometimes it just sounds so good and they, say, well, we believe, they may say, well, we believe Jesus too. But they don't believe him as the Messiah. They just believe that he was a philosopher or a prophet. Allah is not Jehovah. And they'll come with these deceitful doctrines. They'll come in with the doctrines of devils to even try to confuse the very elect. And I've seen people that you would never believe they would be confused in such areas like we had this couple in Argentina, Ruben and Monica, that a call of God. She's a pastor. She was a pastor's daughter. Her grandfather was a pastor. It's raised all of her life in church. And her husband got saved and was studying the word of God. And he started getting into some things and fellowshipping with some other people. And he started believing and communicating with UFOs. And I would go to him and warn him and get the word of God and listen to some of the things that he was saying. And before you know it, he had laid the word of God aside. And they were getting dressed in certain clothes, going on the mountaintop, communicating, trying to get in touch with E.T. And you know, that's something, that's something that you would never have thought of them because they started off so good and they did so good for so long but then what happened was they got into this occult they started getting more involved in this occult end up losing their business end up losing their home end up having to live with another couple that end up leaving going to into this occult going on top of this mountain to try to talk to ufos how many of you know it says that it says explicitly it's a warning in the latter times there's going to be messages that's going to be camouflaged that's going to sound so real so good so convincing that even the elect is going to bite into it we have to be careful. Goes on to say here in Hebrews 5.13, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant. I mean, a child will take, put anything in his mouth or listen, believe anything, but doesn't know how to do what is right. That's why we've got to grow. We have to be in church. We have to be in Sunday school. We have to be uh, in meetings and grow with the word of God. Solid food, solid food is for those who are mature, who through training, say through training, 
You see, you've got to be trained how to have skill to recognize, 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 discern. Say discern. Discerning the difference between right and wrong. You'll hear something. It may sound right. They may be convincing, but you have to go by what you feel in your spirit. And every day you ought to be praying for discernment. Because what I want to talk to you about today is that discernment is one of the ways we hear from God. It's a very important way that we understand and we can recognize the difference between right and wrong. Because his commandments are not suggestions. They are his word and they are his will for us to obey and do. An enemy comes in and tries to defend, to, to camouflage. And another way the enemy comes in to camouflage, according to Psalms chapter 1, how many of you know sometimes friends and relationships can be camouflaged? They can see like they're perfect. We brought in a couple one time to live with us. He was a pastor's son, and they were living in a mud hut, didn't have anything to their name. We felt sorry for them. We brought them in, started helping them out. They, he traveled with me different places to have meetings, and we left to come back to the States. And while we were gone, they robbed everything we had. And when I went to talk to his dad to say, you know, what was this? The, he, he burnt the motor up in my car. He wrecked the car. You were in the car with him. You're my friend. You're a pastor. How could you allow this? And he, he wouldn't even answer me a word, except finally he finally said, it's all your fault. Oh, it's my fault. And then when I saw his son, the first thing he did was stick the bird at me. And I thought, <clears throat> took you off the street. You were hungry. You're naked, we bought you clothes, we fed you, I gave you a salary to, to go with me, to help me. And then you, you ended up stealing everything we had in the house, plus we were sending our rent and utilities every month, and he was taking that money, and instead of using it uh, to pay the bills, he was using it for themselves. So I got back to Argentina with over nine months of debt. Friends could come in camouflaged. We have to ask God to give us discernment. In Mark chapter 4, verse 19, it says, but all, but all too quickly, the message is crowded by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, the desire of other things, so no fruit is produced. We all want fruit. We all want to be able to have fruit of hearing and knowing God's voice. But it says here that too quickly, too quickly, the message is crowded out. How many of you know that in Iran just now, 769 people got uh, smashed to death in Iran because of uh, all, all the people running? It was too crowded. So many times we can have so many thoughts going through our mind that the thoughts that God is trying to give us get crowded by the worries and we can't hear from God anymore. The worries just start bombarding our mind and we get lost and we wonder, how am I going to, to, to make these decisions? How am I going to hear from God? Because what it says here, the message is crowded out by the worries, the lure, the desires of things, and no fruit is produced. In other words, if you're taking notes, distractions. There's so many things trying to distract us from hearing God and following the truth. It's kind of like thinking about hunting season. I remember when I was a teenager, I finally was able to get my truck. I always wanted a truck. I finally got my truck, started getting it a little fixed up. Only had it for 24 hours. My brother and I was leaving from church one Wednesday night, and I was trying to figure out how to turn the heater on. And I heard my brother yell, and I looked up, and we had already been in the ditch. And when I looked up, we hit a culvert, and I totaled the truck, broke my nose, dislocated my shoulder and my hips. All of that just by trying to be distracted on trying to turn the heater on. A little bitty distraction ended up taking my dream. And there's so many worries and cares that come that can end up bringing devastation to our life because we just didn't have the discernment when we were being distracted from what we needed to make it all the way. He's trying to speak to us through these things. It says in Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21, 
Your ears will hear him right behind you, behind you. You're already gone ahead. A voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. It's so easy for us to be going in our own way. It's so easy to be. Many times we're distracted by what we're telling ourselves. Can I hear an amen? Ever talk to yourself? So busy talking to ourselves, so busy hearing what other people have to say, so busy trying to do what we want to do that we get so distracted by ourselves and before we know it. But thank God that there's a voice that calls behind. And I love this scripture. It, it just shows the Father's heart. I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. we got to get to that point where we take that. We're not able to plan our own course. Look at verse 24. So correct me, Lord. But listen. But please be gentle. Do not correct me in anger for I would die. How many have ever felt that way that you find out God starts correcting you and you think that God's going to come on you and he's just going to curse you. He's going to just make you feel like you're degraded, that you're nothing, that you made the worst mistake, that you're the least of his children. But yet the prophet here was getting a revelation that even though I've messed up, when I hear him speak to me, it's still that still gentle voice of a father that loves me. How many are thankful that even when you mess up, you miss it, you're doing the wrong thing, you find yourself in a place you didn't know how you got there, when he does speak to you, I want to tell you from living proof is still the gentle, soft voice. That God hasn't disowned me just because I made a mistake. He doesn't disown you because you went, went your own way. Because how many of you knows that I'm the first to tell God, God, I'm an idiot? How many times have I gone and prayed before God? God, I'm an idiot. God, I messed up again. God, I know I shouldn't have did that, but God, I, I don't know what happened. It was camouflaged. And God says that He'll speak to us, correct us. Then that's why we've got to learn discernment. John Maxwell said, smart, smart leaders believe only half of what they hear. Discerning believers know which half to believe. Discerning leaders know which half to believe. That's so important for us to get into our minds and our lives to know what God is telling us. That his counsel and his wisdom is giving us discernment. In the area of discernment, not only do we discern the evil, but we also discern the good. And the story of David, when he was coming to give his brother the cheese that sent to his dad during battle, he saw Goliath and he heard Goliath mocking the, Israel, the armies of Israel. And he heard that they were saying that if whoever kills the, the giant, the king will give him his daughter, will let his family be tax-exempt forever, and the one who brings down the giant will live in the palace of the king forever. I mean, that sounded like a good reward. David kept going around asking, what happened to the one who kills the giant? They repeated it again and again. He'll get the king's daughter, he'll live in the palace, and his family will be tax-exempt forever. And then we come to this part of the story where it says, And David spoke to the men who stood by, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Now Eliab, here is his brother. Eliab, his oldest brother, heard what he said to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? For I know who, and whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and insolence of your heart, and you've come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Have you ever been in the midst of someone falsely accusing you? How many times you feel like you're doing the right thing, and somebody's telling you you're doing it all wrong? And they're saying, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Somebody say with me, cause. You see, there's something you've got to get inside to discern that there is a cause. There's something very interesting about this word cause. It's used over 1,400 times in the Bible. 
is used 225 times as a personal message, either mental or audible to somebody. But listen to this. It takes 85 English words to describe this one word, cause. That's how deep this word is. This word is so deep that to be able to face the giant that David was having to face, this cause was so deep that he could discern, even though everyone is discouraging me, that could discourage me from believing that something good is going to come out of this. Even when his brothers were telling him, I know that it's the pridefulness of your heart. I know you're missing it. You're going to end up being killed. You're not going to be able to take this giant down. Even the midst of the pain, even the midst of seeing how big this giant really was and what he was facing. Well, where's my David and Goliath? I guess I'm not there yet. Anyway, while he was facing it, he kept discerning there's a cause. He kept discerning that there was something here supernaturally that God has pro promised me. And he's going to send his word. He's given me a word. I'm going to stand upon this word. And until I believe that he, nothing will happen until his word comes to pass. I believe his word is going to come to pass. And this word here caused David could discern that there was a cause. That's why the word of God says here. He sent his word. This word, word is one of the definitions of the word cause. He sent his word which is his cause and healed him. Snatching them from the very door of death. There's a cause for healing when you hold on to the healing virtue of Jesus Christ. There's a cause why I'm going to be healed from the inside out. No matter how big and how loud the giant's been yelling for day after day that you're going to die and not live, there is a cause and there's a reason why I'm going to live. There is a reason why I'm going to have another day, a future, and my ending is not soon, but I'm going to live a long, fruitful life in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen in here this morning? There is a cause. There is a cause. Verse 15 of Psalms 147. He sends his orders. He sends his causes to the world. And how swiftly his word flies. There's power in his word to be delivered. And this word is powerful to know. I love it in Romans 8, 28. We know that God causes. Come on now. Causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. And are called according for, to his purpose for them. There is a cause why you continue to believe God. That your marriage is going to be restored, that your body's going to be healed, that you're going to get the job you're believing God for. There is a cause that you're standing in in the midst of trial and tribulation, that something's going to turn around. I am facing this giant for a reason. I am facing this enemy for a reason. There is a cause you're going through what you're going through so that when you go through it, you're going to have an experience that's going to end up being a story so that you better tell somebody of what they went through, what you're going through, that you're going through. You're going to have a story that will reveal that God is the God who takes down the lion, the bear, and the giant. You're going to have a story that even though they gave me this report, God had another report. And in the midst of that report, there was a cause I was standing and believing and holding forth on the word of God. Can I hear an amen? Experience. Experience is your teacher. Now let me share something with you. He says he causes all things to work together for our good. I love Romans 5, 3 and 5. It says, we can rejoice too. When we run into problems and trials. When we run into problems and trials. How many ever ran into troubles or troubles or whatever. Troubles, <laughs> troubles and trials. Problems and trials. For we know they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us. Receive that. This hope, this cause, will not lead me to disappointment. Come on, take it in Jesus' name. 
this cause of this word is not going to lead me to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. His hope will not lead us to disappointment. I want you to get a hold of the revelation of the word lead. We started this whole series off, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me. Somebody shout out lead. lead. And this word lead and the word in Psalms 23 and the word lead, it's not talking about being taught by a teacher. When it talks about the Holy Spirit leading you, it talks about the Holy Spirit being a teacher to you. And what the Holy Spirit does is that he teaches you what he knows. But the Father teaches you who he is. A teacher teaches you what they know. But a father leads you by who he is to make you who he is. You see, a teacher can tell you four reasons why you need to make your bed. And you don't have to do it. But a father uses authority and he'll make you make your bed. A teacher will teach you what he knows. But a father will make you who he is. This word lead here is that God doesn't only want to lead you out of what you're going through. He wants to make you into his image while you're going through it. You see, if I teach you how to get out of this situation, you can get back into the situation. But if I can change you to be like me, says God, then you won't be going back into that situation because you won't have to retake that test because it's not about me teaching you how to get out. It's about making you like me. And what's so interesting is that Jesus used this when he was praying in the garden. Father, not my will, but thou be done. He, wasn't, he didn't need the Holy Spirit to teach him how to fight the temptation in the garden. He needed the Father to father him through the temptation. He needed Heavenly Father to father him during the temptation. Oh, there's so many things on how to fight temptations. But there is something when you are fathered. Because the Heavenly Father is not an absentee father when you're going through it. And many times we're saying, teach me something out of this. Show me something out of this. And he wants to teach us and show us. But there's something eternal fruit that happens. That when we go beyond just being taught something. And we become something. Because we're going through the worst time of our life. Not only learning how to build, be built through the temptation. But how to endure it as Father endures it. He wants to father us through these moments. And you're wondering, why am I going through what I'm going through? Because, you know, I should know how to overcome that or I shouldn't be going through this. It's because he's bringing you to another place where you can get to know him, not only as teacher, but get to know him as father. When my boys would go off and they were in the military and they were in boot camp and stuff, when they would call us, there was a different connection because they were away and they needed to speak to their father. They needed to open up with their father. It was a different relationship when they were away than when they were living in the home. It's the same way when we're going through something. I don't need a father who's far away. I need a father right now to help me because I'm going through something that I cannot endure on my own. I don't even have the answers of how I got here in the first place. But I need Father God to father me through this situation. And you see, the story of David in, according to history is David's story is a lot like Cinderella's story David was a stepchild he was Jesse's son but his real mother the first mom had the first mother of the other boys had passed away and Jesse had remarried and that's why we find David having to take care of the sheep and he was even forgotten when Samuel came to anoint the next king of Israel why because David is more or less kind of like a Cinderella who knows where he is he's only to do different jobs he's not important he wasn't important to his natural dad but he was all important to the supernatural dad 
And when it seemed like he was overlooked, he was forgotten, and there was nothing that was ever going to come from his life but taking care of those sheep. When it came to the giant, the God, his father, had fathered him, and David deep down knew that my God has fathered me more beyond my natural dad. He has fathered me because when I hear this giant and see my giant, he's talking about my father who's fathered me. And says, I've come to know my supernatural father. I know I can connect to the supernatural power of my father because the supernatural power of my heavenly father gave me the power to overcome the lion, the bear, every time one came to try to take the lamb. So therefore I know, since I am fathered by the father of them alls, I can take the giant of them alls down because I know who my father is because my father has fathered me. Glory! Glory to God. Glory to God. He's fathered me. Praise God. Oh, how many are thankful he's not an absentee father. When you're facing the giants, look at this. Little old David. Against the giant nobody else said could ever come down. And I was journaling and the men's meeting. I gave the men some notebooks because I feel we're supposed to start journaling some things. And I wrote this down thinking about David. I'm a small dot. But I'm his dot with his creativity. Jesus has always said through his word, open your eyes to see. Then Jesus would say, what do you see? What possibilities do you see in front of you? In Matthew 13, Jesus spoke about the sower. He spoke about the one who had eyes to see and the one who had eyes not to see. If we retreat by what we see, we'll receive no harvest. Jesus said, if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, you got this. If you have eyes to see... And ears to hear, you got this. David, the giant no one wants to get in front of. If you've got eyes to see and ears to hear, you got this. You're going to remove his head. You're going to feed his carcasses to the field, animals. And then you're going to be able to defeat the other ones of the enemy. Because there is a cause that I discern. It's beyond the, the daughter of the king, beyond the palace, beyond the tax exemption. There's another reason. It's because someone's defiling my father. And when they defile follow me. Therefore I'll rise in the authority that my father gave me to defend the name of my father because he is my father. And I will stand and defend the name of my father. Be what foe it is because there is no father like my father. And I will stand and I will stand for my father who is my king. If you have eyes to see, you've got this. There's a war inside of you that tries to control your hopes and dreams. Endurance comes by exp expounding beyond the place of your breakdown and your lack of vision. And plug in to the supernatural power of God. The real key to destiny is discerning the activity of God in your life. And his invitation to join him in what he has planned. That's why I'm teaching you about hearing the voice of God. Being led by the spirit of God. Because God has something big planned for each and every one of you. And he wants you to join him as father in this journey that he has for you. Can I hear an amen? For Samuel 17. Don't worry about the Philistine. David, see, David's talking like father. And you cannot stand before a giant just being taught four points. You got to know the author of the points. And he says, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Listen to Saul, and these are the voices that come at you. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. There's no way. Have you ever been told there's no way? 
Have you ever told yourself there's no way? Have you heard people tell you there's no way you're ever going to? No way your child will ever get out of that. You don't know my father. There's no way you could win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. See, that's the voices you can't listen to. Jeremiah said, I'm just a child. God said, you're not a child, but I'll put my word in your mouth. I've ordained you as a child. Don't use excuses. Somebody shout out, don't use excuses. David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion and a bear came to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it and I club it. Oh, praise God, I club it and rescue the lamb from his mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaws and I club it to death too. How many know that's a hunter? I've done this both to the lions and the bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine. He has defiled the armies of the living God, and the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. And Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. There is something that when you spend time with Heavenly Father, there's something that rubs off on you. and starts sounding like him, and the confidence and the courage starts building up on the inside of you to where you're able to look the situation in the eye and say, I know I'm going to get through this victory. I'm going to see this to the end, and I'm going to be the overcoming through it in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? It's a preview about why to come and he goes on to say when the Philistine was when the Philistine the enemy's talking to David David replied to the Philistine you come to me with a sword a spear and a javelin but I come to you in the name of the Lord the heaven's armies the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled today today discernment will give you courage to believe that something is happening when something hasn't even changed yet the giant is still standing there before him but he is already declaring today something's going to change I don't have to see it to believe it. That's why I sow today, expecting the harvest tomorrow. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill and cut off your head. And when I give your dead bodies and your men to the birds and the wild animals, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know the Lord rescues his people. And not with sword or spear. The Lord is the battle and he will give you to us. Can I hear an amen? amen. Discerning that God has something in store. Discerning when there's a message that God is trying to give you and someone else is giving you another message and it's camouflaged. You see, David walked with his God. He knew the voice of God in his heart. When David was in the cave and, and Saul came in there and his men says, God has delivered. Some people will speak for God to you. God has delivered Saul into your hand. Kill him. This has to be the will of God. God's giving you this. God's doing that. But even with the voices of his counselors telling God has delivered Saul into your hand, David said, nope, God's telling me, touch not my anointed. There's something about understanding that many times many people will say many meaningful things to try to help you, and they mean well by it. But the voice that you have to hear that brings and calls you by name and knows the perfect way for you is the voice of the Heavenly Father. And when people are giving you counsel and they kept counseling you out of love and they want to see the best for you, you've got to get a hold of the Word of God and the Word of God for your life and know what God is telling and communicating to you. You can't live your life based on somebody else's standards by somebody else's interpretations. You've got to know the Word of God for yourself. That's why we work hard to study and show ourselves approved a workman to God that divides us 
us under and knows the word so that we can use it. There is something important about getting hold of the word of God, saying, so that you can know his voice and walk in the air of discernment. So that when the enemy comes in and he's quoting scripture to you, you can quote it right back as Jesus did to the serpent, knowing that there's something here that I'm not feeling right in my spirit. There's something on this TV. There's something on the radio. There's something in this book. There's something in the atmosphere that's just not quite to my, right to my spirit. But I'm going to pray until I hear from God what the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate to me. Because I know in all my ways, if I acknowledge him, he will direct my paths. And my life will go to another area of victory to victory to victory. Because I've come to know my father. He's, not gonna, he's never failed me and he's not going to fail me now. Amen. Getting a hold of that discernment for your life. I'm going to end. Let me end with this. I won't be able to finish everything today. But let me just tell this to you. David was able to tell a story. And you can tell your story. Because even though he was a king like Jesus, David had his scars. The scars of a king. People told you, you were wrong. Your scars, emotional, physical, mental, whatever they may be. They are your foundation of your faith. You have been given a crown. Claim it. Don't go to the grave with possibilities and dreams with you. What people thought of you. Ask yourself, where am I playing small in my life when God has something bigger? Stop pushing back and just accepting things as they are. Am I handling what I'm going through right? Or am I trying to control myself and I'm taking responsibility for me? The challenge is to break out of the cycle and not to play the small grasshopper mentality anymore. You are so much more capable of so much more than you think. You have stories and I have stories because we jumped out by faith believing a God. I went, I believed, and I overcame. God wants you to rise, get up, believe, and overcome. This message is a positive message because we have a positive working God. There's a supernatural power available to you. So I want to invite you to stand today. As you stand, and I just want you to believe God and be hungry. That God will give you the voice of discernment. The spirit of discernment to know the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. The voice of our flesh, our self. So every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around, Christians are praying. I want to ask you right now. If you're in a place right now where it's dangerous and your, your life, your eternity is at stake. If you would die, I have a funeral to do just in, in, in over an hour. Once, once death comes, it's over. This man that I'm doing his funeral just got saved four days ago. Just four days ago, he accepted Christ. Never accepted him before in his life. When death came, there was not another chance. I'm speaking to someone here. He was a young man. We don't know when death will come knocking on our door. But the question is, are you ready for it whenever it does? If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you don't know if you're ready right now to go to heaven or hell but yet you want to get your heart right with God and have forgiveness of your sins I want to invite you to raise your hand right there where you are just right there where you are raise your hands saying I need to receive Jesus as my savior I need forgiveness of my sins anyone at all anyone at all maybe you've wandered away from him and you need to rededicate your life to him if that's anyone here would you raise your hand 
God bless you, sir. Anyone else today? You need to rededicate your life. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. God bless you. See those hands of those rededicating their lives? Anyone else, you need to rededicate your life right there where you are. I know these. I know they're born again. I know they're rededicating. I'm just going to lead in a general prayer. Right there where you are, I want you to just lay your hand upon your heart and pray this prayer with me out loud. Pray this prayer with all your heart, believing that God hears you when you pray. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me and for your eternal mercy. I ask you to forgive me, to wash me, and cleanse me from all my sins. I repent, and today I decide to turn from the evilness in my life. Wash me in your blood. Jesus, thank you for loving me. And I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. I declare today, I'm born again. I'm saved. I have received your salvation. I have received your mercy. And now, Lord, I receive my healing. I receive my deliverance. I receive healing from all my wounds. Wrong decisions, things of my past. I receive your total healing over my mind and my emotions. I declare today that you, Jesus, is Lord over my mind, my spirit, my soul, and my body. I declare today I am a child of God. I am born again. I am a son of the Most High. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Well, Brother Cody's coming up. We love you. Bless you. Don't forget Wednesday night Bible study, Tuesday night intercession. And we will see you next Sunday, 9 first service, 1030 second. God awesome. bless you. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for uh, just discernment. And Father, just as a hunter, as a hunter is in the woods, that we can hear a twig break and that we look over and we see the animal coming our way. Father, may we have the discernment, may we have the ear, Father, that even a small whisper, something just as small as a twig breaking, Father, that it would turn our attention towards you, God. And God, that we would see our victory coming our way just as that animal comes our way, Father. God, I thank you that you are giving us a heart of David. Father, that you saw the heart of David and you said that that is good. Not because of his physical ability and what he had, but God, because of his heart, you said he was great. So, Father, we just pray for that now, and we receive that, God, that we would have a heart that is great. Father, that we would be humble, but, God, that we would also be conquerors, Father. And, God, all for your glory and all for your honor. Amen. Y'all have a great week. Take care. Faithful.